With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Paddock Blues Podcast. You can find us on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash paddockblues. Or you can email us at paddockblues at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Paddock Blues Podcast. I'm Jamie and today I'm joined by Melinda and Andy. You okay, guys? Yeah, good. Thanks, Jamie. How are you? All right. Yeah, good. Good. Can't complain, Andy. Yeah, tip top, mate. First uh, first time the Paddock Blues ever get to dissect two winning games in a week for Everton, mate. So what an exciting time to be alive. In the words of Jamie, what's going on here? Took the words out of my mouth, actually. Um, <laughs> Yeah, as Andy said, two wins, two massive wins. The reason why we haven't had a podcast between uh, the West Ham win and last night's win, just purely through work. People, you know, it's it's it is hard to find the time to sort of get us all to in line together to make a a podcast happen, and it is what it is. Unfortunately, that's the real world. But just before we talk about the West Ham game, um, me and Paul sort of give our condolences to the chairman, Bill Kenwright, last week. Now, I know you guys, unfortunately, couldn't get on at that since then. Um, so, Melinda, I just want to start with you and really, was there anything you'd like to say about the man and, and who he was and what you found fond, what you were fond of him? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I just kind of want to start off with saying that, you know, we, we've, we've all said things on this podcast, we've all tweeted things as well, and it's no secret that we've been very upset with the way that the club's been managed and the way the club's been run. And I mean, it's, it, it, I'm, a, you know, if, if you weren't feeling that way, then something's wrong because you would want the best for your football club. Right. So I think we were right as a fan base to raise question, but I do think some fans had taken that too far. Obviously um, we never wished ill on Bill Ken, right. We, we never wanted the man to, to be, to be sick or to pass away. Like that's not something that we ever, ever wished. And my deepest consult con- condolences do go out to um Bo Kemwright's family and, and his and his friends and it's you know it's it, it is a loss for the football role it's a loss for the football club um seeing how sick he actually was you know um it, it, it it's terrible it's it's heartbreaking you know it's 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 really sad to see someone that saved us once upon a time you know um go like that so yeah it's it it was very difficult to obviously hear that news um but now I'm just hoping that as a club we can definitely you know rebuild and uh move forward but yeah just um yeah a lot my condolences to the family and friends of Bill Kenwright yeah 100% Andy yeah I, I, I echo a lot of what um, Melinda said there just I, I think at this time we should just separate into two things as Bill Kenwright he was chairman of Everton Football Club and for me, at this moment in time, that doesn't. We don't really need to be dwelling on that or talking too much into that. It's about Bill Kenwright, the Evertonian, and Bill Kenwright, the human being. Uh, and there's there's only positive things you can say about him, who, how he was, and how he conducted himself. You know, Everton have long had 
uh, in my opinion, Everton community is one of the, the best in the world at what they do in terms of off the pitch stuff. Uh, and, you know, Bill Kenwright was, <clears throat> you know, was the instigator to getting that moving. You know, you've seen all the heartwarming stories of things that he's done for people that he didn't want the publicity where he's helped, you know, people, you know, for life-saving treatment. Um, and as well, I think when you look at, you know, some real heartfelt messages, you know, you know, for people like Marco Silva, uh, you know, David Moyes, those who got to work with him, those were close to him. You know, there was something magic about him in the way that he was. And, you know, he'll be sadly missed by by those that were lucky enough to, to know him on a personal level. So, um, yeah, um, re- really sad for, for those. And all my best wishes goes to his close friends and family. Yeah, 100%. Mate, it, uh, it was a sad time last week and still is. It's still sort of healing the wound, but I'm sure it'll heal over time. Um, so we did, I've actually played two games, as I said before, between then and two wins, which is just like, I think Andy, you put in the group, have we ever spoke about two wins on the bounce at the Paddock Blues? And I think this is a first, isn't it, Melinda? This has got to be a first of like, talk about not one win, but two. Um, so the first one we will talk about is West Ham. They, you know, we went to the, the London Stadium on Sunday, convincing in my opinion, of a 1-0 win, could have been more. But, Andy, I'll just sort of get your thoughts on the game, the performance as a whole, um, if you still like, if you still can remember it, because <laughs> it's been a lot yeah. of football since then. But, yeah, if you can sort of dissect it for us and just think what what, what positives come out of it, got leading into the Burnley game. Yeah, no, I can certainly still remember it, Jay. I've watched, I've, I watched the game and watched the highlights about five times since, because, you know, you got to enjoy the, the Everton wins when they come around. Um, no, I thought... Um, First, probably 20, 25 minutes, I thought we were a little bit passive. Um, we didn't really kind of stamp our authority in the game, but then I thought we really, really grew into it. Uh, I thought the way, uh, I mean, Branthwaite didn't let Antonio have a kick. I mean, he got a hold off after 55 minutes because I don't think he won a single duel, whether it be on the ground, whether it be a physical battle in the air. Um, it was an absolute masterclass of a performance from Jared Branthwaite. And, you, that kind of confidence then started to build through the rest of the team. I think they saw that they weren't going to be getting anything easy from us. Um, and then, yeah, the, the belief started coming, you know, at half time, um, you know, McNeil and Harrison haven't had the best of first halves, um, but the manager stuck with them and I thought they were both uh, a lot improved in the second half in terms of what the game was going forward. Um, I can't, Max lyrical enough about that Calvert Lewin goal, the way that he rolls his body as if he's going to be shifting it one way, so then do a little cross turn back the other way, sold two defenders, bought himself a yard, and then put it perfectly into the bottom corner. Um, it's a truly world class finish and um, something that he thoroughly deserves. Um, since coming back into the team, his performances have been excellent, and you know, <clears throat> giving Paddock Blues but a tap on the back. You know, we talked earlier on before the start of the season of how important Calvert Lewin could be. And we said the way that Dyche has managed him at the end of last season was absolutely perfect in the sense that there's all this pressure to rush him back. You know, first game of the season, he doesn't start and people are all asking questions. But Calvin Lewis has come out and said, you know, the same thing this week. I kept on trying to come back too soon. Kept rushing myself back too soon, my body breaking down. But we've kind of, we've, we've let him get himself um, back to a, a perfect level. And, you know, now himself and Everton are, are reaping over rewards and you know there's nothing better to see than an Everton number nine putting in the kind of the displays he's doing for us at the moment yeah it, it just looks like at the player he was under Ancelotti doesn't he at the moment and 
keeping him fit is the main thing. Um, Melinda, before we go on to the players of that of that game, Brantwaite, you know, and Anna Calvert-Lewin, I just want to sort of touch on the Everton away form. Um, it's been something that Sean Dice has changed since he came in. He has mentioned a lot in the summer. And Jordan, last season, all changing the mentality of going away and being a team to beat. Now, we've played the last six games. We've played um, Villa, Brentford, West Ham, and you know the, the, the other ones. And we've won three of them. So, has he changed our actual mentality? Do we look more comfortable now? Are you feel more comfortable when Everton are playing away, not as much as his home? Yes. <laughs> Which is something I never really thought I would... Um say it's kind of wild when you do look at it like that way you know the fact that our away form is something that we used to kind of go all right well you know it was a complete opposite we used to live for the home games because we knew that's where we would get points but now it seems that that's kind of completely shifted so um but no, I I definitely give credit to Deitch. And it's so funny because I will look back at things I said about Deitch and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> but you know You what? were entitled to though. Exactly. Like I feel like if you were you support Everton Football Club and you're staying there going, Oh yeah, this is fine. It's like that meme where the house is on fire and that dog's like, This is fine. Like mm. if you weren't questioning what's going on around you, like I think that's a bigger issue. So I think we were all within our right to question it. And I've always said this as well, players, managers, I want us to succeed. I don't want to sit here and be miserable and talk shit about people. I don't want to do that, but you want good things to happen. So it seems as though what he has been doing, it's clicking, it's working. And even, you know, we'll get into um, the cup game last night versus Burnley, but it's, it's to me, the first thing, I mean, there was a couple of sloppy bits in there, but to me, the first that kind of came to mind was it's clicking mm-hmm. and you're starting to see these real partnerships now actually between players. So whatever Deitch is doing in training or whatever he's been saying to these guys off the pitch as well. I mean, I think, I think we did need a bit of a kick up the ass and I feel like that's been given. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's our away form is, has been fantastic. Um, I just really hope that it keeps up. I hope it's not one of these things. that's a bit of a blip. You know, in our yeah. season, I, I want it to to definitely uh, continue and, and improve, continue and improve. Yeah, it's got to, hasn't it? They've set the bar. Um, they've shown yeah. us that you can go away and, and, and win football matches. You know, Brentford as well and West Ham there, two games that, I'm sorry, but last year we'd have all gone all two points. We've come away yeah. with six massive, massive points. Um, right now, people go, well, it's only in the season. These are massive points that we're picking up in these away games, by the way. Um. But I will just go through a couple of players, and Andy, I'll just come to you because you mentioned them. Uh, pa- Maldini, I mean, not Maldini, Nesta, not Nesta. Oh, just need oh, Brandwade. Sorry, I keep. <laughs> <laughs> I, got... I was oh. literally like convinced by that, Jamie. That was like really good acting. Well done. I was like, yeah, I, I thought we were going to be broadcasting a live mental breakdown there. That was really impressive. No, Jay, no, I forgot his name. I knew he was. I knew he was in that bracket. I just couldn't figure his name out. It always eludes me, sorry. But yeah, Jared oh, Brandwaite. Yeah. Um, the floor's yours, mate. Yeah, I'm, mate, I'm, I'm convinced that he's going to be one of the greatest English centre-arts we've ever produced. Uh, I said it a few weeks ago, and he just keeps on he just keeps on getting better and better. There is absolutely nothing about his game that worries you. Like I say, 
I do think he will make a couple of mistakes this season, purely and simply because he's a, a young lad. And, you know, I think he'll make a couple of decisions where he might switch off mentally. Um, that's just part of his development process. But, you know, what can you say? So comfortable on the ball. Uh, he, he, you can always say when you've got a really good player because whenever they get the ball, it's like they've got 25 minutes to decide what they're doing. He never, ever looks rushed. Um so quick over the first few yards, so strong, brilliant in the air. Um, I mean, he absolutely mugged Antonio off, which after Antonio uh, had a pop at Richarlison, you know, I know he's not our player anymore, but I still love him after he had a pop at him last season on his podcast. I enjoyed seeing him get absolutely embarrassed, I'm not going to lie. Um, and I think as well, I think Mikalenko's form, and when he came back in against Doncaster and he got he somehow got a team at around that game. I have no idea why, because he had an absolute shocker. But since then, I think he's been really, really impressive. And he certainly, like, I hadn't, like, given up on him, but I certainly wasn't convinced he was the left-back forever going forward. But I think he's got a confidence in Branthwaite, which it, it means he's he's taking that and moving forward. You're seeing Tarkovsky as well getting back to, I thought he had a bit of a shaky start to the season. You're now seeing him become a, a real leader at the back. He's got full trust in him. Um, so I think, yeah, I think a lot of Everton's good work is, is coming off, off the back of him. And I think along, you know, for me, if I'm picking an Everton team, him and Pickford are the first two names on the team sheet at the moment. I think he, his performances are that good. Yeah, it's weird with Bradley, to be honest, because I know you just said there he's quick over five yards, but it's, he looks like he's dead slow. You know, if you actually watch yeah. him run, it looks like he's dead slow, but he's so he's... fast and you're like, where's that just come from? Because his legs he, don't he... move that quick. Yeah, he just it's glides over the pitch. Yeah, his strides right. are so big, aren't they? It's just like, they're going to get yeah. past them. And I know they're very different players, but like just like, you know, but David Silva used to look that way for when he played for Manchester City. He never looked like he was running or trying or anything, but he just glided around the pitch. And, you know, for me, it's another sign of a quality player that they never look like they're, they're moving fast, Jay. I think you're absolutely spot on. Um, and yeah, I just I want Everton to become really, really good, really, really quick, so we can see him stay with us for a long, long time. Because we are going to have to progress quickly if we want to keep hold of him. Sadly, but yeah. um, we'll worry about that for another day. I don't want to talk any negatives this week because you know, no, I, I, four I goals, only, uh, two wins, two clean sheets. Let's go. Yeah, I was only having a little jest of obviously the Maldinis and Nestors, but it, it was something that Maldini actually did say, and he said, if you know, if I have to make if it. If I have to make a tackle, I've already made it. Because people used to go, well, why aren't you slide tackle and stuff like that? And that was his quote. It was, if I have to start to try and make a tackle, I've already made it. That's how good he is. And I think Brandweight shows that. You don't see him, obviously he slides, but he never looks rushed. He never looks out of position. He never looks like he's been caught somewhere. So he's got to, he's like hurrying back to get in and makes a last sort of block or tackle or whatever. It just seems to be he's there. And he knows exactly what he's doing. But yeah, just there's not many defense. Like, I'm excited to watch him on a play. Like, there's not many centre halves in the history of the game. Like, no, you what you're tuning in to watch Everton and you're excited about watching him play football. But he does that. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, he does. He does actually. Yeah, and even as you say, Mikalenko, Tarkovsky, Pickford as well, because he knows he can give him the ball. And he just even last night we be we will go on to last night. He just looked at calm. Like they stopped pressing in the end, Burnley because they were like. What's the point? He's just passing through us. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. just literally passing through us. But Melinda, speak to me about Jared Brandweight. He's he, he's something that we've got to keep hold of. He's someone that, if we're serious about climbing the table and serious about this new stadium, that we've got to build around. Now, Andy, 
put it rightly so, and you know, everyone at Vitonian is going to be the money's right, then fine. If Anan is the same, if the money's right, then fine. But we've got to start being like, well, no, actually, you know what? Let's keep this kid, make him captain, and build through from him upwards. So he's just got to stay, hasn't he? For, for me, as both, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you guys have literally just taken the words out of my out of my mouth. I was like, oh, I was gonna say that. Oh, I was gonna say that. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, Dean Thwaite. Oh my God, he's just like unreal. Like it, absolutely, he's just. That was the one word I was gonna use to describe him, Jamie. And you just said it is calm. Like he doesn't even look like he's like I don't want to say this in a negative way, but not like he's putting any effort. But like we know he is, but he's not. It doesn't look like he's overly exerting himself which is I mean just be calm be cool collected and like do your job that's exactly what he's doing um I still cannot get over that play against West Ham like he was a huge part of that and it, it was it was fantastic but no I, I think he is a someone that we need need to keep a hold of I would be devastated if we lost him we just need to continue to build and build around players like him Calvert-Lewin as well to be honest with you like I think we have to really you know keep an eye on him and keep focus on him um because he i think this season as the season progresses i think he's going to be a huge part of getting goals for us um he seems to be mentally there as well uh which is really nice to see uh it's it's, it's just the calvert lewin that that we want and we need in this team but uh yeah just briefly touching on michelenko as well i've always been a little bit of like a rooter for the underdog and i think we all know that um I've always liked him. I know he's had some stinkers of games, um, but I just really want to give him some credit because he's been fantastic. And I think it's it boils down to the fact that that back line now is solid. Like I think yeah. with Tarkovsky and Branthwaite back there, like you rightfully said it, um, Andy, at just now about Tarkovsky, he had a bit of a shaky start, but look at who is beside him. And I'm not here to like blame and shame players. But it, it <laughs> we, we, we are missing our fearless leader Paul tonight, so unfortunately he's not available. So we have to have a little dig at uh, Mick Keane on his behalf. Let's be fair. But like you know, we, we all we all know what I'm saying without saying it. Um, unfortunately, but I mean, just I think really now it it does allow those players to comfortably set in their roles and do what they need to do, knowing that they've got the support of the lads around around them. So yeah, it was. Uh, I unfortunately get to watch the game. I've been working like back-to-back weekends unfortunately um but I did watch the highlights and uh, yeah that goal was a special one uh Jack Harrison as well another key player I'd love to sign him permanently I really really would um I know he's a little bit injury prone um but it's not any, like anything new to us I think Deitch is one of those managers my hat goes off to him absolutely for knowing how to manage players with injuries long-term injuries I think he's very good with that so I think he's also another player we need to we need to think about yeah, Calvin Lewin is someone obviously that we've been desperate to get back. Listen, last season we were, I think, I don't even know how many games he played. It was a handful of games. But even in them games, you always look threatening. We always look a better team. And I don't think it's any sort of surprise to any of Etonian, really. That if he's in that team, we're just a better just a better side. Um, we, we've always said that. Uh, oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. Just, say, just a quick question um, for you, Jay, just because, and I'm in the fan club as well, big address again. Garnagay fan club. He obviously Anana was left out a couple of weeks ago. Garnagay's picked up his injury and Anana's dropped deeper. Um, how do you feel about Anana's performance kind of within that now? And where do you see, you know, would Garnagay still get in your first Everton 11? 
Um, that was funny enough. That was our Zach's meeting next segment. There, so, um, no, he wouldn't. Personally, he wouldn't. Listen, I love this guy. I think he, he's one of my favourite Everton players. He's probably one of the best Everton players I've seen for a long time of what he does. I just think Anana gives you that little bit of something else. This guy is quite culpable. Listen, Anana hasn't had every amazing game. He's had some really games. He's like, what have we signed here? You know, we've all sort of believed the hype, but he's not. These last few games, he's playing in that six. I think he's so comfortable in that six because it looks like he's gone... It's like actually Dyson sat him down and gone, stop, stop running around everywhere like headless, which he still does, but he's more zoned in. It's more like a when to press, when to go into certain positions, when to cover, not just do what you want. Um, so I think Dyson's got to take a lot of credit for that, for finding that position. Um, but I think the two in front of him help him massively. James Garner, I think they both complement each other brilliant. I think the way James Garner is so comfortable and controlled on the ball and can sort of spin someone on the half turn, shoot Tanana, because he knows he can give him the ball. Uh, Decore will do his running for him, so it's like, well, I don't have to do that. I can just get the ball and do what I do. But I think Anana, for me, you said before, Brantwaite's first name team sheet, he is, but I think is probably a very close second for me. I think he's just... And and then I'd probably say Carvalt Noon after them, but them three is your spine. It's your spine, Andy. It's, you know, you've got England's number one, you've got one of probably the best centre-halves, up-and-coming centre-halves in the Premier League right now. You've got a real good six who could probably go on to do big and better things. And you've got a, an England centre-forward. People might forget that, but he is actually an England international centre-forward. So if you yeah, can build it? if you can build around that spine that you can get, you, you know, you can, do it. You, can, you can win two games in the bounce. It's mad. Yeah, but hopefully three as well, mate. That's what I'm thinking. But so I just want obviously that was the West Ham game. Um it was a massive result. It really was to 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 score in I think it was the fifty seventh minute, I think it might have been, or sixtieth minute, so if mad come blank. Um and then dig in and then just dig in and go, right, no what, no what you just aren't gonna score because they've got some decent players. I know me and Paul talked about Jared Bowen and you know, James Ward Prouse, uh, Mohammed Kundus. They have just beat Arsenal as well, last like three one. So I think we've got to take that as a massive result for Everton and go, you know what, things are on the up here. And then, uh, just to go off top of a little bit, not in any way, shape or form, people go down, getting ahead of himself. But I remember my dad always telling me about the, the Oxford game, where we played Oxford in the, in the Cup. And he says, I remember walking out thinking, what the hell was like? What have we just watched? And that was it then. It was just like, that was it. That was the team that went on and done everything that we all live and dream about, that we do it again. So you've got to have these moments and you never know. Uh, but So last night, beating Burnley 3-0 at home, again, massive potential uh, for a banana skin. 3-0, you know, Burnley at home at Goodison in the cup could quite easily go to a penalties. It was just, we, we were on this little bit of a run, little bit of form, as, as we were trying to say. So evident to go and get beat last night, wasn't it? But... They didn't. Um, Melinda, I'll just come to you quickly. And what what's changed? I know that's a mad question to ask, but I mean, people might be listening to this because we won two games, but it's not that. It's it's four and six. You know, it's as Andy said before. It's four goals. It's it's clean sheets. Is it purely to the fact that he's gone? This is my eleven, and you've got to break into that eleven, and this is how I want that that eleven to play. 
has he got his team now, Sean Dyche? Is that why this is sort of, as you said before, clicking? It's so funny because what was it? Five minutes of stoppage added, I think, in the 90? Last it, night. It was, yeah, yeah. Five, it was about yeah. five minutes. I was like, that'll be 4 3. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm still in this mindset, you know? Like, if I wouldn't, if I wasn't an Evertonian, I mean, like, God, we I'm all. Still waiting for Brighton to score? Exactly. <laughs> like, that's just the way we are. But uh, no, all joking aside. Um, yeah, I think last night watching that team, t- to be honest with you, though, I do have to say the momentum dropped a bit. Typical of Everton fashion, I feel, when we got the first goal. It got a little sloppy. It did, definitely. Um, then halftime came, thank God, because, I mean, they were pressing. They were looking for something in that first half. And and I think they could have could have gotten something um so luckily halftime came and we came back out and that was that was the team that should have been there the full 90 plus five minutes I think you know really but you know what it, it, we learned from these things and it, but it, it was nice to just see at home though a win like it was really really nice to see that and three goals we scored three goals first of all <laughs> like I was like who are we six goals uh, at home <laughs> in the last two games <laughs> seriously right I'm like what is going on here what in the world <laughs> but uh no I think I think it's I have like a bit of a confidence. Well, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but I do have a newfound sort of confidence in this, in this team now. And um, it, it was just nice to see them interacting with each other on the pitch yesterday, you know, like um, Mikolenko and, you know, um, I think it was, I don't know who it was, but they, you know, maybe McNeil, they're high-fiving and they're doing this. And like, they're really like with each other. Like I feel like the team mentality between all of them is, is there. I, I don't yeah. know if that comes down to Deitch or if that comes down to the, the players themselves, you know, doing team building or whatever it may be. But I truly believe that a lot of that comes down to like mentally being there. And I've always said mental health is a huge, huge thing. Um, just as you were mentioning before, uh, Jamie, earlier about Calvert-Lewin, I just want to make one quick point. I think he is a bigger leader than we all think he actually is. I think he has such a strong presence when he's on that pitch. And I really think he's growing into that. He was a bit delayed, obviously, because what happened was injury. And I think if that didn't happen, we'd be seeing prime DCL right now. But but I truly think he's he's there. Like, I think he's really getting there. And I just really pray that he stays fit because I think, I really do think he'll be huge for us. But I just think Deitch needs to keep going on this momentum. The players are really hungry for more. Like you can see it, you know, they're really happy that they're delivering wins for themselves, but for the fans as well for Deitch, you know? And I just think, yeah, it was nice to see that yesterday. It, it really is to me. It's just, it's clicking. It is. It, it does seem like that. You're right. Honestly, it does. It seems like there's partnerships forming all over the pitch, which we haven't had for a while. They look like strangers at times last season, even the beginning of the season, they look like strangers, but as you say, no clicking is a, is a great word. Um, Andy, I just want to touch on something Melinda did say, and I noticed it as well. Where we scored and dropped. We sort of drop after 10 minutes and sort of drop off, but it seemed like they were always comfortable when they drop as well. It's always like, well, no, we'll, just, we'll just go and score again. Um, do you think that's a, it's a mentality shift, that, isn't it? It's like, if, even if these scores, let's not, we're not going to panic. We're just going to go and do, we're just going to turn the screw a little bit and step forward. Yeah, I, I think the whole of the first half, really, we were a bit too passive um you know a team like Burnley where they've got a lot of young players and you know they've got a philosophy that they want to play a certain way um and I think you know 
whilst I do think they're a bit out of their depth in the Premier League, if you are passive against people that are as comfortable, because they are footballers that are comfortable on the ball, they just like the quality and the consistency on a regular basis as to, you know, while they're obviously struggling where they are. And if you are passive, then they can cause you one or two problems. And they did get behind us one or two times. But as Belinda said, half-time came, half-time came uh, we stepped up another gear, second half. And, you know... I'm not going to say we were amazing yesterday. We were good. We were comfortable. And, you know, I said in the in the group chat yesterday, like, I remember, like, having a season ticket for years under Moyes. And you, you kind of, you took those routine, comfortable wins, games you expect to win, where you come out, come out you, you play slightly within yourself, but you're always looking comfortable and control the game. Get yourself a 2-3-0 win, shake hands, move on. Uh, and in hindsight, I wish I hadn't taken them for granted because I absolutely love them when we get them now because they're so few and far between. So, um, yeah, just touching on what uh, Melinda said as well, there does seem a real unity there. Um, you can tell why like, they all really enjoy celebrating each other's success on the pitch, whether it's a great save, a great tackle, whether it's a goal, whether it's a brilliant assist. You know, I mean, even like when Beto came on yesterday, you could see how much it meant to him to have an influence on the game to get that assist. And everyone ran over to him because I think, you know, whilst I know he's not in the team week in, week out at the moment, he's not the main man. You know, it seems to change in a couple of weeks and he may very well be. So I think it's important that you have players with the right attitude, the real desire to get in the team. And you can see how much the, the he's, you know, how much he's, an impression he's made on the players with how they reacted to him. Um, so, yeah, so I think it is, it's a sign that it's a happy, healthy environment when people can really enjoy you know individual successes There's not not as much backbiting on the pitch it's all it's all a lot more positive and yeah we'll make continue yeah it, it does seem a bit um Everton of old doesn't it I know people go of old it, it, it seems like a David Moyes uh performance now I don't like making that comparison because he's still a, a Premier League manager but it, it seemed like that it seemed a very Everton performance a very sort of We'll beat these by set pieces, so that's what we'll do. We'll score two from set pieces, and then the third we'll just kill them off with. Um, you had even sense in the crowd as well. It was just a bit like, oh yeah, we'll beat these, and that that's dangerous. Listen, that's very dangerous because if that gets into the players before kick off, we've seen it with Luton. Uh, we've seen it in these types of games where you think like that they'll beat you, especially in the Premier League. But I don't think he's allowing that. I, I've seen a few people as well, and this is something that I wanted to bring up just for me personally that I'm sort of sick of people saying, oh, but Burnley were crap, or but Bournemouth were crap, or West Ham were... I don't care. And it, like, we've been beat by so many teams that were crap. And we go, oh, have we just been beat 1-0 by them? They were rubbish. We're now beating teams and that apparently are crap. I'd rather, I'd rather beat a team 9-0 and people go, oh, they were crap. I go, is, not, is that not... Yeah, we've just made them look crap. Yeah, have we not just made them look crap by beating them? It just, I can't stand that narrative of yeah. But if we come up, even Liverpool, Liverpool game, you know, we we were in that till we won't even go into that, but we were in that till, um, especially with you, Andy and Melinda. I think I'll be yeah, please, please. yeah. <laughs> um, but we we were in that till until obviously that all that kicked off. Um, it's just, I just think we've got to really get rid of that narrative within this, within the fan base of, oh, we're only, you know, they're only playing crap teams. We've been beat by many crap teams over the last few years, so it's nice yeah. to actually start beating them, which we should be, and we are. And it's not a case of getting ahead of ourselves, you know. We're, we're ten points from ten games in the Premier League. You know, we we've lost the Wolves 
Fulham and Luton at home this season. We're aware of that. And we've got to replace those points, but fair play to the lads they have. They've gone to West Ham and Brentford. We've got a terrible record in London. They're two teams that have particularly strong home form. And we've gone there and kind of replaced those points. Um, and that, you know, whilst, yeah, course around negatives, we can't, we've got to enjoy the positives as well, because otherwise, what is the point? Because if all you're ever going to do is be worried about, you know, things that have gone wrong, then you're never going to be able to enjoy the things that are going right. So, um, yeah, it's not a case of thinking, oh, we've arrived, we're where we want to be. We're not. But from where Everton were, you know, even two months ago, but especially six, eight, 12, 18 months ago, I think we can see a real a solidity in something that we can, we're, we're building from. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to enjoy it whilst uh, whilst we can and hopefully it goes for a long, long time. 100% me. Um, but then, then, so go on. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, to be fair, I do think that easily could have been like 5 nil yesterday. Of course. So good to West Ham. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Now. Right? Like, so I, I think we're the, the potential is there. We're getting there. It's still, you know, it's still early days. Like, we have quite a few. We had quite a lot of outflux and influx, didn't we? So I think it's to keep that in mind as well. But just special mentions for that McNeil-Tarkovsky little goal moment. I was eating that up with a fucking spoon, man. I was like, get in there. <laughs> and just, yeah, as you guys had mentioned for Beto, the way he just kind of collapsed onto the grass, he was just like, finally, you know, like finally. And my heart just went out to the to the kid. I was like, I'm so made up for him. It was a, it was a great assist, great assist. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it done well to get the... This is going to be me, negative Nancy. Yeah. Um, oh come on, keep it positive, James. I know, I know. <laughs> it was just, it was just something I wanted to touch on. That really, that I know we done well for his, his, his assist, and I appreciate that. And he do, he did do really well, but I think he's got to just sharpen up a few things in his overall game. Yeah, you know, there's a couple enough. of times the ball come to him, and you can see sort of dice putting his hands in the air because it'll bounce off him or his little touches aren't there I think I mean, but that will come listen I understand he needs to run a foot he needs to run a games yeah I, I understand that of course I do he's come from the Italian league and you know he's played Doncaster Rovers and Sheffield United he's not going to be up to up to speed in that in that sense it was just last night I just thought before he got his success I thought oh he doesn't look really someone that I could go he's ready to come in but I do yeah. also understand that he does need games um no, I, I agree with you. Like, I think we were kind of talking in the group chat as well. And it was, you know, it, it was good that he got minutes. But until that assist, we were all kind of like, he, he's like hoofing the ball and like, he's doing this. We're like, what's yeah. going on here? I you just, know what I mean? I mean like, but no, it's fair enough. That's fair enough. I think, you know, he's still very, very new to the Premier League. So, yeah, just like you said, Jamie, he just has to give him time. Yeah. yeah he's adjusted to a, a new a new league, a new lifestyle, a new country. And he's not getting a lot of minutes. I think we've seen enough that, you know, he... He's a very explosive player, and he, I think he's going to, always going to be one of those where he's going to do some magic things, but he's also going to be a little bit wild at times. So, um, but I think the most important thing is hopefully Dominic Calvert-Lewin never misses a minute of football again with an injury. If that ever was to happen, we're not thinking, "Oh, we are completely fucked here." You're thinking, "All right, we get to see better, and better gets a chance." So, <laughs> you know, it takes the pressure off Calvert-Lewin a bit, and it makes my blood pressure a little bit easier. So, yeah, it's all good. I, I think as well with Beto, I I mean, I obviously don't know him like personally. We haven't had conversations, but I get the vibe that like he wants to do really well. He wants to come in and do well. He looked up so much to Lukaku. Like he just, he, you know what I mean? He really wants to succeed for Everton. And I think maybe his nerves might get 
in the way of that sometimes maybe maybe he gets a little bit he just maybe panics with the ball and you know so I kind of get that from a little bit but I think the more minutes he gets the more comfortable he'll get and I think you're right you know he's not a, absolutely not a terrible backup if heaven forbid him I'm not even gonna say it not even gonna say it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not even gonna say it actually let's move on <laughs> no but the, the, my point on better was um I just Last night I seen loads of people like oh, and then we've done it here. Listen, it was fantastic to, for him to get his assist, but I don't want him to become that player where he's like a Niasi or a, a Moise Keane or just a player where we know he's got potential, but it's like oh, he's made, oh, he's got ten minutes and got a goal, good lad, and pat him on the back. I want him to be a serious footballer in this football club. I don't want him to be like oh, made up for better. We got an assist against Burnley when we were winning two 0 I want him to be he's our number nine, and Calvin Lumen's not. He's our He's our striker. I just didn't. I, I loved the assist. I just didn't like the way it was sort of celebrated in a way of like, oh, I made up better. has got an assist. But it's like, well, no, he's our backup striker. We need him to be coming in and scoring goals and be ready. That's all. That's my 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 little negative Nancy sort of turn on it. But it was just that I didn't want him to become. I think it was hard to say, like an Ayasi or a, a Moise Keane or someone that will come off the bench every now and go, oh, when we're winning 4 0, and you go, oh, please score, lad. It'll be boss if you score. I want you to be a serious footballer in this team and be pushing yeah. and knocking on Dice's door to be like, why aren't I playing? I come, I know you've got Calvin Lewin, but I need to be playing as well. And that's what I want for him and for us. Yeah. yeah. But I think, as Melinda said, though, I think because he's, he's got this much kind of like energy and, and, and almost an anxiety to do well. I think just by getting that, it just takes takes him down a notch and allows him to relax and you know perform better. So I think that's why it's important that's to kind of to to celebrate that he got that, so he can you know he can settle and uh, and just relax when he goes out onto the pitch. But yeah, I, I I think I think he'd be an excellent signing for us. And the only thing is, is that I hope he doesn't get much chance to prove it in the near future because that means because I just want DCL to be uh, doing what he's doing. Well, that was the point I was actually going to ask you, Melinda, as well. Mrs. Uh, jo- I'm going to say joint president of the Dunham Carvalt Living Fan Club. The co- co-president. Co-president. Um, <laughs> and Andy, I'll come to you on this, but I'll just get Melinda's thoughts first. Were you surprised not to see Beto playing from the start? Um, I know, obviously, it, it was Carvalt Living. Can he play two sorts of games in a week and get through them? I know he did get taken off, I understand, but I don't think he'd have got taken off if he were Wandel down. Um, were you not surprised to see Beto starting? Is the only one that you'd have probably have started instead of somebody else? Were you surprised that he went that strong for the Carabao Cup game? Yeah, actually, you know what? I, a little bit I was, um, because considering the history of Calvert Lewin, um, but but that, but then again, I. In the, in this sense, when it comes to things like this, I really do actually trust Sean Dyche like quite a lot. I don't yeah. think he would put him in a compromising position where it's going to affect the rest of his season. Um, I think bringing him off when he did was the right call, and I think starting him, you know, looking back was probably the right call because we were we were quite strong. Um, but yeah, I was a bit shocked. I I didn't know. I thought maybe he would rest uh, Calvert Lewin. I thought maybe he might rest. Brantway as well. I, I didn't know what, what to expect really because they've been go, go, go. Yeah. Um, and the same with Jack Harrison as well. He's just come back from an injury. So I didn't know maybe if he would rest him. But yeah, it was quite a strong team, you know, and I'm not complaining considering the result. But I also, I, I was a bit surprised. Yeah, I, I won't lie. 
No, it, we, I was. I'll be honest. I, I I thought we'd see Michael Keane. I thought we'd see you know Nathan Patterson and uh, Jay, and Drisagana guy. I did think we'd see these players. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. But I'm glad to see a manager going for the Carabao Cup and actually going. I don't care for playing Burnley at home. We haven't won a trophy in God knows how long. I'm going for this because you no, know, if he did play them players, we got beat one nil. He's had the one. It'd be on a spike. So I'm glad he's gone. No, I'm going to play my strongest team because we need to win. I want to be in the quarterfinals of a cup competition. Um, Andy, I just sort of want to touch on two players for and Melinda as well. I'll come to you on what on these players. One good, one bad. Now. The good one is for me probably my man of the match. I'll get yours in a minute. If James Tarkovsky, I just think he was brilliant last night, especially the pressure as well. You know, playing against your old team and all. Obviously, it's at home, but they were booing him and stuff like that to get his goal. And he just looked like he looked every bit at the captain. We sort of come to expect, doesn't we? Yeah, he did. He, he, sorry, I thought you were going to give me one bad. Uh, no, no, I'll give you that in a minute. Uh, yeah, no, um, I think he's 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 settled really, really well the last I'd say the last four to six weeks, no coincidence when Bram Poy's come back in the team. Um and I think he's you know, I think I think with a lot of these people at the moment, I think you know, I think Dice the manager Tarkovsky, I think they know that they're at a massive football club and they've got a chance to kind of take it back to where, you know, it should be. And I think it's something that they're all kind of quite proud and quite excited about. Um, so yeah, I, I think he looks every bit the the player he was for most of last season, and the player we thought we would get in the last four to six weeks, and it's really good to see. Um, and yeah, just like you were saying before, I'm, I'm glad that he's gone strong for the Carabao Cup because you know, as a generation, we're the most starved Everton fans of success ever, but we've never won the League Cup in our history. So if we were to go on and win the League Cup, at least that's something that our generation of Everton fans will be able to hold on to. At least we got to watch us lift the League Cup for the first time. I want to win that Cup more than any other Cup because yeah. I think, you know, it, it shouldn't be on Everton's honours board. There shouldn't be a space next to it. There should be at least, you know, and if it, I hope it's the year 2024 that gets to go on there. Just a disclaimer for anyone listening, if Everton did win the Carabao Cup, there wouldn't be a podcast for the next six months because we'd all just no. be absolutely... Trolleyed somewhere in Spain or the ass end of Greece. I'd literally yeah. end up on a beach in Benidorm. I've always said that. I don't know how I'd get there. I would just wake up and be on a beach in Benidorm with a margarita in my hand. Done. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd want to pray as well, by the way. I disagree. <laughs> there'd, be, there'd be plenty of podcasts provided they got Wi Fi. We just might not be very coherent. That's all. So, oh, yeah. It might not be as understanders now. It might not be as understanders uh, now, but still. Just be, just yeah. be singing Spare of the Blues on repeat. <laughs> I'd, I'd drink enough grey goose to sedate an elephant if we won something, mate. So, uh... <laughs> if we won the derby, I'd probably start. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, JJ was like booking flights. <laughs> but just to go back to last night, listen, we're in the, we are into the next round, we're in the quarterfinals, but um, there was someone last night that just didn't think played well. I've got to be honest. Uh, Melinda, I just wanted to get good, good cop, bad cop, I'll call this. <laughs> and he's the good cop, but then unfortunately <laughs> thrown the short straw. Oh, you know I miss positive. Come on. <laughs> I just want to really. It was more. Was it us not playing to his strengths, or was he genuinely just not having a good game at Dan Juma? I just thought oh, every time yeah. we looked up, 
every time he got the ball, he looked slow. It looked like he 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 he, he done a couple of things. Don't get me wrong. There was a couple of flicks. I think that where he could have got a goal if Calvert Lewin sort of played a little ball through a little bit better. That was okay. I didn't mind that just before he come off. But that was really it, wasn't it? He didn't stamp yeah. his authority. He didn't say to Decore, I'm having this. This is mine. You're going to have to sit there now. I think Decore can sort of walk away and go, well, I'm playing. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I think it was actually you, Jamie, and we spoke about this on our previous podcast, but I think it was you when we were talking about having DCL and Danjuma yeah. on the pitch at the same time. And I think we kind of saw that last night. I just don't think he really knows where to fit and what to do. And it, it, it seems like a bit of a funky situation. You're right. I, I It didn't jive for me, really. Um, he just, it, it just looked a little bit lost to me there. Yeah. Calvert Lewin had to really step up. And I just felt like at one point, it, yeah, it, it, you're right. It, it it wasn't his best game. I, I know he's a good player. I know he can perform very well, but I think he is maybe used to being bit more of a shining star situation moment um kind of being up front and you're right there was a good chance absolutely um but it just yeah it, it didn't that didn't really click for me last night unfortunately but yeah yeah, yeah good he, point he, he, no we just i didn't want to put people were listening going oh yeah we've won but i just thought <laughs> he, he, no i just thought um he's no, had but you know what? Minutes. Like... he had 70 minutes to start to sample his authority on the game and say I mean, yeah, you know, he's been waiting for this. We've been waiting for this as a fan base as well, uh, to see Dan Juma, to see him play. And people might be listening, going, well, he hasn't had a run of games, but that's where it starts. It's difficult It's difficult for Beto to come on with 20 minutes. Listen, you're coming into a game, it's difficult. But when you're starting a game and you're getting 70 minutes, you should be making an impression. You should be coming off them pitch and we go, wow, we should play him. Got a little player on our hands there. Yeah, he's come off because he's carrying a knock or he's not 100% match fit. He just didn't spark anything yeah definitely but no just like we wouldn't be an Everton podcast if we didn't talk about the full picture you know we have to address what's fully going on in, in the team and yes we have to focus on the positives as well as the negatives unfortunately we, we, mm. we do have to talk about it so yeah it, it is definitely something that we, we do talk about and we've got to cover as well because you know he's an Everton player and we, we hope that he does do well but Andy, I just wanted to touch on something that I noticed last night, which I thought, wow, that, that they're actually decent. The substitutes. You know, mm. we brought Idris Gay on, we brought Decore on, we've brought a better one. You know, I know Dobbin come on for the last two minutes. Um, Nathan Patterson come on as well. I just thought, they're not bad substitutes, I'm Andy. That's not a bad little squad that we can keep hold of there. No, that, like I say, keeping... If you keep everybody fit, there's, you know, you've got Seamus Coleman to come back into that as well. Um, you know, I think we're going to see little bits. I don't think Chimit is going to be knocking down the door this year, but I never thought that was the case. You know, the kid's 18, but there's things about him that I like. Um, you know, they talked today, Deli Ali's back on the grass this week. Um, I still think he'll be a few weeks away. Um, but I'm really excited about to see where, you know, to see what Deli Ali performs like when he comes back into the team, you know, been a real um, an, a, a kind of like an emotional summer for him, but in the best possible way where he's yeah. been able to un, un, unload what he did uh, and find a new happiness in his life. And, you know, that really could translate to something special on the pitch. Um, he's come back as well. I think Andre Gomez, I don't think he'll be here next year. He's out of contract, but he does offer something different than any of our midfielders do at the moment. I'm not saying he's going to come back into the team, but again, he's probably only a few weeks away. So then all of a sudden you do have 
you know, you, you're looking at, you add those to the players you just mentioned, you know, as a match day squad when everybody's fit, you know, you're thinking there's different alternatives there. There's different things that we can try if things aren't working within a game. Um, and yeah, I, I thought Dan Juba was poor yesterday. I think, I think he's, Perhaps rightly or wrongly, just maybe he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because he was one of our, I wouldn't say started the season amazing, but he was one of our better players. And as soon as Jack Harrison's fit, he's kind of been, he was moved out. And I think, he, and he was probably unlucky to do so in terms of his performance levels compared to maybe others. Yeah. However, um, there isn't, no, there isn't, you're not going to get anywhere by being a, a little bit sulky. You had an opportunity yesterday where you were kind of given a free role to go and put your impact on a, you know, a struggling Burnley side. And he didn't take it. But again, you know, it's one game. Um, hopefully, you know, he'll get, he'll get another opportunity and he'll realise that, you know, because he can put pressure on McNeil and Harrison. He offers something different than those two do. Um, and next time he gets an opportunity, hopefully he'll take it. Because I think there is a lot, a lot to like about him as a, as a character and a footballer. Yeah, it was something that um, I sort of noticed last night as well, where I know that when Decore come on, he sort of was a straight swap for Dan Juma, but I was just thinking, you know, you've got other options as well, where, you know, if you ever wanted to bring James Garner off, you could you could bring put Decore in there and keep Dan Juma in the 10, or there's just so many options in that midfield at the moment to sort of switch it up on teams that it really is a positive sign for me personally. I just think maybe we need another winger. I'm Obviously, going on yeah. a little bit of a thing here, but I was just looking last night and thought, well, could do with another winger just to come on. I know Young went further up, didn't even Jack Harrison come on, and uh, obviously Dobbin, I don't even think he kicked the ball, but just a couple, maybe a winger. And I think, wow, what a squad. We've actually really got a squad that can go and sort of compete on, say, all fronts. We're only in three competitions, but <laughs> yeah. just, you know, where we're not looking. As we all did last season, we were get, we'd be getting beat 1-0 for 10 minutes to go when you're going, make a sub every time to be saying, who'd you bring on? Everyone used to go, well, who do you want us to bring on? But now it's also like, well, get Dan Juma on, get better on, yeah. get Chimiti on, get Dublin on. So it's that. It's nice to have that option, isn't it? And of course, as well, long-term for Everton Football Club, we Everton Football Club deserves to be at the top end of the Premier League competing for everything. But being realistic at the start of this season from where, you know, you don't just go there overnight. It's something that you're going to have to grow into. Before the start of the season, if you just said, 12th place finish, win a cup, would you take it? If you're being realistic, there's not a single Evertonian that's going to say no. No, a 12th place finish isn't good enough for Everton, but you've got to learn to walk before you can run. And, and yeah. I've got to be honest, if you'd have offered me a 12th place finish with no cup, I'd have took it. Yeah, I would have, mate. If you're offering me 17th, I'd take it. I know people might be listening to this, well, that's defeatist, but we've got to limp into that new stadium. So, but it, don't worry, when me, you, Paul, Melinda, and Jacob bouncing down Costa Brava with uh, swinging from a vodka bottle, we're passing around celebrating the Carabao Cup winning match, mate. Don't you worry, mate. I'll remind you of that. You can remind me. You won't be able to remind me. You won't be able to <laughs> but, Melinda, we obviously we wait, we have to wait till. Um, Man United circus finished and um they got beat 3 0 by Newcastle. We won't go you know, we're not asked about them but an Everton pod, but we had to wait for the draw. Now obviously there was one team we all wanted, but we all wanted Paul Vale. Unfortunately that didn't happen. But I just think how to the teams, which I'll just name now. I just want to see if you know, is Fulham the best you're happy with Fulham? Or there's Paul Vale, Middlesbrough, Everton, Fulham. Um, West Ham, Newcastle, and Chelsea. I don't think I'm missing anyone, but he was. It was them. Oh, and 
the others who cross the road. The that's not a bad draw, really, is it? Fulham at home, considering you could get Chelsea away, Newcastle away, you know, West Ham away. Even Fulham away, I wouldn't have liked. I wouldn't have been quite. I wouldn't have been happy with Fulham away. Apart from Paul Vale and Middlesbrough, I'd probably have gone Fulham at home as the next best thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll take it. Honestly, I, I wasn't. I wasn't upset about it. Um, definitely, and I think Port Vale would have been. That was what everyone was like gutting for. But it's fine. The public um, Beatles. <laughs> Stop it! It's hilarious. I've already seen people put on Twitter. This will be a definitely uh one nil late. Uh, Alex will be winner, and I'm like, shut up! Like, no, don't no. even put that in the universe. Like, go away. Um, <clears throat> but no, I definitely think that's really that's that's the best outcome we could have got. Definitely yeah. at home at Goodison. Yeah, bring it on. I I I I'm pretty happy with that. And the thing that I think that is Andy as well. It's that feeling that we've got back. It's at Goodison. You know, in a couple of yes. weeks, yeah, we'd have gone, well, it doesn't matter. I've seen that a few times. So it doesn't matter if we get home with crap at home. But right now, it seems like, you know, especially if we're going to be Brighton, which we'll talk about in a minute. But if we're going to be Brighton, it'll be getting that thing back where people won't want to come to Goodison anymore. No, especially, I know, I mean, whether it's a myth or not, I don't know. But when you just think of Goodison under lights, you you know, yeah, it, it just do, yeah. it creates an excitement into you. And and it's not to disrespect Fulham, you know, they come to Goodison, they beat us comfortably last year, three one. Uh, they won earlier on in the season there. But you, like you say, you're looking at that draw. You know, I was kind of I, I was obviously you're thinking, I hope we get we get Port Vale. But outside of that, you you know, not trying to get too far ahead, but you've got West Ham against those shower shit across the road. So, but one of those are going well, out, yeah. You've got Chelsea, Newcastle. One of those are going out. And then, you know, if you could beat Fulham, if you could beat Fulham at home, you've got a 50-50 chance of getting either Middlesbrough um, or Port Vale over two legs to get to Wembley. Mate, that, that's a, that it. You know, on paper, it's a good draw for us. I'm just going to go uh, on Ryanair now and see what the fights are. So <laughs> Do it. Do it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, you know... And look, I, I, I'm not one of, I don't like to look too far ahead, but you know, there's been so it's been quite a long time before there's been a lot of things to get excited about about Evan. You know, I was really looking forward to coming up and chatting to you guys, and you know, getting to share your happiness about the last few, like the last week, and and all that kind of stuff. And you know, but that's that's how important Everton doing well is because it makes everything about your life better. It makes do you know what I mean? It just you know, let's enjoy it and. Let's get carried away, but not too much. Just, just a little bit. And... No, we're Evertonians. We know not to get. Listen, we're, we're not stupid. We know not to get carried away. We know it can all sort of turn. But we've got to enjoy these. There be moments in the season where like, ah, I'm going mad. So just remember this and enjoy it while it's here now, and not being like, oh, we're going to get beaten this game. We're going to get. We've only played these. You can't think like that anymore. You genuinely can't. Um, yeah. Winning the quarterfinals in the Carabao Cup. Melinda, what? should he go and try and win this now? Absolutely, he should. Dice is going to get a silverware. Like, let's go, baby. Let's go. It's on. Going down, are we? Mm-hmm. Staying up to win the cup. <laughs> no, seriously. I know, like, I know it's mad that I can't believe that I'm having this attitude and looking the way we were. Like just a few weeks ago, you know what I mean? It's 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 crazy that this this is what this team does to you. But I think we just have to keep going with the feeling. We have to keep holding on to it and just you know 
put the faith in the team, put the faith in Deitch. And um, yeah, I, I think he's an eight. I think he's going to go for it. But I think Andy put it right there. Listen, you obviously you've got to have a little bit of luck in these cup competitions. And if you do be Fulham at home and get Paul Vale in the semi-final, why not? You've got exactly. to start, you know, you've got to start dreaming of Wembley and then you're, you're 19 minutes plus away from winning a trophy. You know, if the draw goes that the right way, you could have a bracket where you play West Ham in the final or a Chelsea or someone where you think, why not go and beat these? Um, obviously, you could play the other shower ship, but they will, they'll get beat by West Ham. I just... <laughs> but but that, that's, that's the thing, and it, it, it's football, like, you honestly, you never know. You never know what's going to happen, and that's the beautiful thing about football, isn't it? So... But I mean, at half time in the Doncaster game, I thought we were going out. Genuinely, yeah. at half time yeah, in the Doncaster yeah. game, I thought, well, that's us out the Carabao Cup then. And even though when we got Aston Villa in the next round, everyone went, well, that was fun. But we yeah, exactly. had just sort of just like, we beat yeah. Villa, then we beat Fulham. And now I think remember we got to the FA Cup final in uh, 2009, and it was like, we beat Liverpool, then we went and beat Aston Villa away, and we just beat Macclesfield, and then Leon Osmond scored that screamer. To be like, just beat Macclesfield, then we beat Liverpool, then it was Villa, then it was Middlesbrough, then it was United. It was like every game we were going, ah, oh, well, that's yeah. it. And then yeah. it was like, yeah. boom, boom, boom. I was just knocking down these things. And then unfortunately, uh, it comes to the end of the final, but we got the final. Um, so I don't understand why we can't go and have a little bit of a dream. Why not? Absolutely. Right, I'm going to come to a topic that sort of divided people in the last couple of months, last couple of weeks even, the manager. I'll be honest, I'll hold my hands up. I've been on this podcast and said I didn't want him here anymore. I've got to eat, I've got to sort of eat my own words. The reason I said that is because I couldn't see it on the football pitch. If someone showed me, if someone was to still show me their performances and go, what do you think? I'll go, what was that? He's got his team. He's got his team now. This is his team. This is the way he wants to play. These are his players, the way he has them running. And it's working. Unfortunately. Oh, no, I'm unfortunately. But... <laughs> <laughs> that would make, make the Twitter aisle be after you, mate. Get yourself I know what I'm saying. I meant, like, fortunately, it's sort of, as Melinda said before, perfectly it clicked. And you've got to give credit to the manager. I'm sick and tired of seeing these people on Twitter going, Oh well, where's all the dice out now? But again, all that rubbish and all that. We were in, you're entitled to your opinion after every football match. Whatever you see, you can speak. I don't. And if you can turn around and go, yeah, I was wrong. Every football fan in the world, by the way, in the world, has always been wrong once. So yeah, uh, remember honest, that. I mean. There's no point, especially with doing what we do, guys. There's no point doing a podcast if you aren't prepared to put an opinion out there and it to be wrong. And you know, with I can I know for a fact that any of us that do this, if we put an opinion about Everton that's negative, we're desperate to be proved wrong. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I said at the start of the season, Everton. I said Sean Dice is the perfect man for Everton at the right time. So I, I don't have to eat too much on the pie. But no, but even but after the. No, no, but after the Doncaster performance, because that first half was diabolical, the way he set up against Arsenal and the way we can pitch late against Villa, all we've been a week and a half, those three performances did have me questioning whether I was right. And it was getting to the stage where, you know, I said he's one result away from... Loon? From, from, yeah, he's one... I think it was when we were going to Sheffield United and then I think we got a point there and he gave him like a, a bit of a stale excuse. But if we'd have lost there, there would have been serious questions asked. And rightly so, because that's, you know, 
it's Everton Football Club and it doesn't matter, you know, you could be, it doesn't matter if you're Yeovil Town or the Dog and Duck. If your manager loses five games in a row and a couple of those performances are absolutely abject, you, you have to ask serious questions about it. So, um, so no, I don't, there's no apology needed for anybody who questions it because it's only ever questioned because of a desire and passion to want what's best for Everton Football Club. And by the way, Melinda, I'll come to you as well. It can all change as well, by the way. Yeah, it's brilliant now and we're enjoying this and, you know, Sean Dice, we, we've all my hands up and I'm, I'm sure everyone else will have said they didn't want him. Um, but in three months, which I really hope doesn't happen, we could be right. We could be back to that square. We don't know. So football is such a fickle game. So if someone says something and then six, and in six weeks it's changed, it's not because they were wrong. It's just because at that point, that's what they said. I just can't stand yeah. that sort of point scoring thing. Melinda, what he's sort of proving us wrong at the moment, isn't he? Basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, you know what? I said at the beginning of the podcast, like, I'll hold my hands up. Sorry. But at the same time, if you are a fan of or you're a fan or a supporter of this football club and you were not questioning what was going on, there were decisions that Deitch was making that did not make sense. And I was like, why do you keep doing things that you know are not yeah. going to work and are not going to make sense? Michael Caine, no for Branthwaite. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was just things like that. And we kept saying, like, play Branthwaite, play Branthwaite. Like, you know, play. we were talking move, about, you know. Move down, on, they're inside. Not exactly, yeah, stop playing him out on the, on the, yeah, exactly, right? Like, we kept saying these things over and over again. And it we just kept seeing the same team sheet, same lineup. And we're like, so if you weren't questioning that, what are you doing? Like, you know, I just think if you... Anyway... I just think we should but, be uh, grateful that it's really obvious that Sean Dyche and William Steve Stone listen to the Paddock Blues podcast, so keep, <laughs> up the good, keep, keep up the good tactical advice, guys. Get Melinda's tactical board back out and uh, we'll fly up that league and win the Carabao Cup. She can't, she, she can't get it out because she lent it to him. <laughs> yeah, I gave him my best tips on that, my, my best notes. He's, he's got it right now. She lent um, it to him. <laughs> But no, I mean, I, I I hold my hands up and, you know, I, I applaud him for what he's done over the last couple of matches because it is working and it's clicking. But rightfully so, Jamie hit the nail on the head just now is it could all fall apart just as it's quickly come together. It can fall apart. Yeah. You know, so this is where it, it just comes down to sort of being innovative and sort of building on that success and keeping that momentum yeah. going. We can't just sit back and go, oh, we've got a couple of wins now. No. That's so typical Everton. We can, we literally can't do that anymore. We cannot keep slipping back into the same pattern over and over again. We have to keep pushing. No, no, 100%. we're forty-three hours away from kicking off another football match. So you know things. You know, in forty-five hours' time, we could be feeling completely different. So, but yep. yeah, well, we, oh, sorry, Jay, we're going to move on to Brighton shortly, aren't we? Yeah, no, we will. We'll do it now. Um, just before we do, I want to get you man of the matches from last night. Um, I think I give mine before James Tarkovsky. Uh, Andy, I'll come to you up and then Melinda, you can give me yours. Uh, James Garner for me. Uh, I thought he um, thought he showed real discipline on the other side of his game that he's learning. Uh, he made a, a real uh, crucial clearance at one 0 where he'd yeah. you know tracked a, a runner back where they'd hit us on the break. Uh, Jay Rodriguez thought he was going to have a tap in, and James Garner kind of came from nowhere. Um, but I thought. He was just so comfortable, so neat and tidy on the ball. He's happy to take the ball anywhere. Normally makes the right decisions. Um, I think he's showing a lot of maturity for a young man. And again, I just think you're seeing little details in his game improving every time you watch him. Um, so yeah, he was he was my man of the match last night. Mate. 
Happy days, very good. It was very, very good again. Belinda? So for me, I was a bit torn between um, Mikalenko and Tarkovsky. Um, I just think Tarkovsky really set the tone with that header. It was, it was a, it just the way it, it connected and instant. It was very Great powerful. Header. It was, it was a fabulous goal. But looking at Mikalenko's stats from yesterday, he had seven recoveries, ten final third entries, six clearances, and two interceptions. I just, I just thought, I, I thought he was brilliant, and he was very steady and consistent on the pitch and he's one of those players now I kind of look at and I go I really you know I hope he's starting because I just think he's yeah. been solid and I think he has Deitch has to keep him going like he he has to keep pushing him so yeah I, I just you said Tarkovsky so I'll say Mikolenko. <laughs> well there's another thing that we spoke about didn't we you know we're doing a of the matches and all three have got different which is just a credit to to the lads on the football pitch it really is and you could probably have put a McNeil yeah, in there, Anana. yeah, Anana, yeah. you know, Branthwaite, McNeil, absolutely. McNeil, yeah. you know, I thought Harrison played okay, you know, even Ashley Young played all right. I thought so. These players yeah. are really stepping up, every one of them. So it really is great to see, and we're, we're enjoying it at the moment. Um, and it's going to continue. So we play Brighton and Hove Albion on Saturday. Also, just a sorry, a really random side note. I posted something on Twitter because Jordan Pickford has now played 250 appearances for Everton, hasn't he? I put something on Instagram. He's watched my story. Thank you, Jordan Pickford. Love you, bud. I hope you listen to Paddock Blues podcast, homie. (laughs) Sorry. No, no, no. That was an exclusive for you now. Love you. England's number one. Love you so much, homie. All the time. That's really good. That's (laughs) Basta. Screenshot that and put it on him. And I'll send you it. But. I just because obviously we got to get we have the games are coming thick and fast. It's getting to that time of year where over the Christmas period it's going to be game, game, game. You know, and we've sort of got the squad to build it. We've sort of have well. I was, this is the question I wanted to ask you before they go into the Brighton game. Um, have we got the squad to cope with that, Melinda? You know, we've seen that game last night where we played full strength. We were. You know, lucky enough to make not lucky enough, but we were fortunate enough to, that we could make substitutions and get people rested. That's not always going to be the case. There is going to be games where it's tight till the end, and then you play three days later, and that's another tight game. That's just the the you know the the nature of the beast. Unfortunately, playing in the Premier League, uh, are you more confident this season? Now, this is the question, Andy's probably going to go, "Oh no," <laughs> of staying in the Premier League than you were this time last season. Under this manager with this squad. Hmm. Are you more fearful, would you say? It's something that you still think about. And you've got to think about, listen, we've had these two seasons where it's scarred you for life. But do you sort of look back and go, you know what? No, lad, these lads will get us out of it. I've seen enough now to think, you know, these will be all right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the optimist in me definitely wants to keep going on the positivity train. You know what I mean? Like we have seen a good run now of um, the players performing very well. Um, Deitch has been setting them up, I think, very well as well for the appropriately for the games that we have been playing. Um, But of course, that that doubt's always in the back of, of your mind, isn't it? I mean, as supporting Everton Football Club for our whole lives, um, it, it, it's an ongoing roller coaster to 
to say the least. Like, you know what I mean? So I still think the trauma of what we've gone through the last couple of years still very much is alive and well, unfortunately. I don't think we're quite, I don't think we're in a place where we need to be as, to be sitting back and comfortable yet. I still think there is work to do. Um, I mean, do I have now this newfound confidence in this team and the manager? Yes, I do. You know, I have to give them credit. Um, But yeah, that, that fears, it's kind of like that, have you seen that like meme of the guy and he's like kind of like this and then there's like a little ghost that's kind of like moving <laughs> towards him so it's like yeah. I'm happy I'm comfortable but I'm also like it's yeah. coming like maybe it's still there um so I, yeah the Premier League it's it's a tough league it's a tough league like you know and we still have many more fixtures to go um we have completely twatted Brighton away you know last season so I am really hoping that because of our run lately, a lot of our players do, they're like confidence players, aren't they? Especially oh, Robert Lewis. And you could see yesterday, he was very frustrated that he didn't score. He really wanted to score yesterday. So I think Robert Lewis hungry for a goal. And I really, really hope that that comes about th- this weekend. Um, but we just have to keep him fit. We, we have to keep them as fit as we possibly can. All of our sort of star players right now, I think. Um, but it's tough. Like, it, you know, especially when we're in a run for a cup, we have to keep that in mind. Like Premier League Cup, like, you know, we have to be keeping in mind of fitness of players and don't want anyone to sort of eventually, you know, inevitably burn out. Yeah. Well, we, the thing is, and as well, it's, you know, we all know the financial situation in Everton. We, we don't this takeover and all that. We it's all up in arms, and it's not like we we know we're going to go out in January and buy three four players because we just we know that probably won't happen. Um, yeah. so are you confident, mate? Are you you know you look at this squad, you look at this manager, and you think, all right, we're not going to get any additions, but I think we'll be all right. Yeah, I think as we talked about before, Jay, when you you mentioned about obviously the quality we bought off the bench yesterday, and then you know we've been able to. You know, Colvin, Delhi, Gomez, yeah. potentially not too far away as well. So obviously, you do need to get a little bit lucky with injuries, as everyone would hope to do. Um, but going into this period where you are going to play a lot of games, <clears throat> you'd like to think it's actually a place where we could actually thrive, because we know the demands that Dice is going to put on them to get their fitness levels up. Um, <clears throat> so you'd be surprised if we're not one of the more fit teams uh, in the league this season. So going into a, a, a situation where it's going to be game after game after game, hopefully it'd be something that's actually going to suit us quite well. Um, just, you know, we we have seemed to have had a, a better run with injuries this year than we have for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we seem to have been able, whilst we've had good performances over the last couple of years, they've always tend to have been a one-off, be crap for three, and then we'll find a performance from somewhere, crap for four, find a performance from somewhere. And that's essentially what kept us up. But now you're looking at it, you know, we've won five out of our last seven. Um, you know, there was performances at the beginning of the season, which were frustrating because, you know, I get annoyed about times, G, because at, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what matters is how many goals you score versus the other team. But it showed, it just reflects that there were some quality performances that we weren't getting over the line. So all of a sudden you're starting to see, you know, well, actually you can see us building something. So with, you know, like I say, hopefully the fitness being a bit better, quick games coming up, it means that you can fly up that league quite quickly. If you're playing three games in a week and you can pick up seven points, you know, all of a sudden you can be looking really, really comfortable and you can enjoy your Christmas dinner a, a little bit more, knowing that it doesn't really matter what we get when we play Man City on, well, it's the 27th now, and it's the new. Yeah, the yeah. Sky. 
Um, yeah, hundred percent, mate. I think you're spot on on what you're saying. You know, we've we've seen it, haven't we? We've had that period at the beginning of the season where you thought the worst. You did. You, you genuinely did think the worst, and they've come out of it, which is brilliant. You no, know, last season under under Lampard, it just didn't seem like it was we were coming out of it at all. It just seemed like it was week on week on week on week on, and obviously. He got to February, he had the World Cup in between that. Um, but I think right now it's like, you just think, well, if you can do this now and then see we get beat a couple of games and then they do it again, you'd be fine. You'd be so, you'd be just, you'll just be like 11th, 12th. Because let's be fair, we win on Saturday with 10th, you know, which is crazy, isn't it? So obviously, depending on the results. But speaking of Saturday, yeah. we, well, it's Brighton, it's, Always a hard game. I know last year, obviously, they beat us 4-1. We went and beat them 5-1, so it's a bit of a... <laughs> it's a bit of a mad game, isn't it? It seems like there's goals... Anything everywhere. you can do, we can do one better. That's, yeah, that's, it sounds that's like That's it. what we're saying, mate. That was a bad performance last year at Brighton as well, and it just... They just... I always remember that game with uh, Tom Davis starting and stuff. We literally just come back off... Um, I think, Melinda, you were there as well at the Etihad, a draw and one all with City. Yeah. And... Yeah. We've gone to this Brighton game, we had this confidence, this like newfound confidence of, oh yeah, we'll play five at the back and Connor Cody was brilliant and you know, uh, Godfrey was really good against Haaland and then obviously Lampard just threw it all out the window and was like, no, I'm going to play Tom Davis and there's a guy and play 4-2-3-1 or whatever he played. It was like, what? And they just completely tore us apart, Brighton. We won't see yeah, that. Yeah, and Ferguson were pretty, they just destroyed us that game. Yeah, they can do whatever they want, yeah. They, we won't see that from Sean Dice, will we? This won't be a where Fan Compad just went, well, nah, I'm doing it my way. He'll stick with what he knows and what is working. Um, I just think he's got to, hasn't he, Andy? He really has just got to go, lads, listen, there's nothing wrong here. Go and do it again. No, mate, I'm really looking forward to Saturday. It's, um, it's only the third game that I've got to this season at, at Goodison and yeah, I just love it, mate. I'll be uh, travelling over with the Chorley Toffees. Um, got my mate Richard, who uh, he was away for. The, he's got a season ticket, but he was away for the first couple of games on holiday. And uh, his little lad Theo, who's eight, like he teaches me songs about Everton, mate. He's absolutely obsessed as the kid. So I'm catching up with those two. Be a good few beers, get over there, uh, and hopefully, um, just yeah, I'm just hoping to feel that excitement when I get into the Lower Gladys rather than. I can't remember the last time I went in where it was just, you know, there was optimism and a bit of excitement in the air. It's either been fear, and in like the first game of this season, everyone going, what the fuck's that team? So, <laughs> um, so, so I'm just looking forward to just, you know, getting back in there with my mates. Like, just what Everton's all about. Just having some positivity. Uh, and then, you know, Brighton's going to be a tough game. There's, you know, there's no mistake about it. But they're also a team that, you know, if Everton do apply themselves well, whilst, you know, Brighton will have plenty of the ball at times they also play a way that means if we're on it we're going to we're going to create chances we're going to have our opportunities and you know as Melinda said before DCL looks you know he looks in that form where he's really really hungry to get himself on on a goal uh, Dwight McNeil after missing the first start of the season he's starting to get better and better so yeah touch wood yeah it's 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 one of them games isn't it with Brighton because obviously we did do what we did last year and we beat them 5-1 away and it was, you know, basically kept us in the Premier League and you don't know what that does to teams, you don't know what that does to squads, you know, that deserve you might be like, look what these did to you last year, go and do it, go and do it to them, but the ice could also go, listen, these are 
you can go and beat these because we know you can. We've, we've seen you. I just think um, you made a good point there, Andy, of what Dice has brought as well. That stability in the starting eleven. No, you just walked it. You just said there we were walking in. Oh, what the hell is that team? We could name the team. Uh, to, yeah, we know what it's going to be. That'll be the yeah. glory back into Tanjima, and that'll be that'll be it. Exactly, mate. And I think that's really important to Evertonians as well because you you sort of go, well, it's all right. We've got X. We've you know got Calvin Loom. Because I think remember when we had uh, Lukaku playing up front, it was always like, oh, we'll score a couple of goals. Mm-hmm. So I think with Calvin Loom up front and McNeil one, we wing Harrison the other. He's just most you know what you're going to get. And I think that's what we've needed for a long, long time. He's brought that stability into the start of 11. Um, which, Melinda, I'm going to bring come to you because you've just had your tactics board out. I see you in it. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would you change? Was that Ian Murray the door just dropping it back off for you, Melinda, was it? That was him. Yeah, yeah. 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 Bye, Sean, bye, Sean Dyche. See yeah. you later. Yeah. Thanks so much for my tactics board. <laughs> she didn't even offer him a brew, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... York, Yorkshire Gold is reserved for special people. Oh, if he wins <laughs> a snap, he, he, he's getting more than that. Yes, if he, if he... <laughs> off it. <laughs> <laughs> but what would be? Would you change anything? You know, how can you change sort of a winning side? As the saying, but you got to look how well Dan Juma was actually a part of a winning side last night. So does he play? Is it too? Is he just more of a kind of a cup game? The do you see Young or Patterson? Do you see, you know, I think they're the ones that are really up for debate, aren't they, at the moment? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, honestly, I just don't, I don't really think Dan Juma offered enough for me to keep him in the, the team, to be honest. So, I would drop him. I think I'm going to, if I'm not mistaken, I think I'm, I think I've got almost the exact same team that he played against West Ham. I would basically drop Denjuma, I'd put Harrison out on the wing and then I would bring Decore in. But you had Patterson over Young. And I would have, yes, I would have Patterson. I had to make sure, hang on, one, <laughs> one two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yes, I have eleven. Yes, I would bring Patterson, Patterson. in over Young. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, no, but it, you know, it's a solid it's case. He played well against Aston Villa, of course. Uh, Aston Villa, West Ham. Colorado yeah. Blue, sorry. Yeah, he, he had a really tough first 25 minutes, to be fair. Paquette had got by him a few times. He does, but yeah. I, I, but I think that shows a lot of character, you know, because he, he's not been on the best of forms. They, you know, they got at him a few times early on, but he grew into the game and continued to back himself. So, like I say, I, I think the kid's got a really bright future, but I, I think there's still a bit of learning to do. So I, I think it'll be Ashley on myself on Saturday. Do you think, Andy, as well, just to stick with Patterson, just to say, it doesn't help him, does it, being in, out, in, out, in, out? You know what I mean? Obviously, he's never played against Liverpool, then he's straight in at West Ham, then he's back out for the for the Burnley game. Do you think, and then say he does come in this Saturday against yeah. Brighton, that's not going to be good for his development. He does need, it's either, he has a run or he's, yeah. you know. I think it's tough for, for, for any player when you're kind of in and out of the team, you, you, you're always searching for that rhythm. But particularly when you, you are a young player, it's something when you're really trying to establish yourself. But he was given a pretty good run at the start of the season when Young was at left bank, uh, left back and Mikolenko was left out. Yeah. And, you know, at this moment in time, he's just not grabbed that opportunity. So, again, I'm not going to say the kid. I, I think there's a lot to like about him. But, you know, still a young man learning his, his, his trade. And, I, yeah, I just think, you know... He can't say that he wasn't given a fair crack at the start of the season. He was. I don't think he took that opportunity, and I think he's just got to wait for his opportunity 
to whether it's going to be an injury or suspension and when he gets the opportunity to take it with both hands. Because I think if he does get a run of three or four games and he shows the form that he did at the start of last season under Lampard, um, I think, you know, I, I think I don't think he's miles away. I think if he shows that he's he's got his form levels back up, I think he'll he'll stay in the team. Yeah, hundred percent. It's like he's coming into a more of an established team now, isn't he? So you'll know who's the centre half is next to him. You'll know who's midfielders as well. So I think that could help him. You know, obviously at the yeah. beginning of the season, you don't know whether it would be Keane or and Garner in front of him or Dan Juma in front of him with Tarkovsky next to him. So I think that can help the kid as well. So maybe if he does get this game time that we've been asking for, it'll sort of be in an established team, and he'll know. You know what I like playing with yes. Harrison. You know you can see that you, yeah. you might make something with Harrison, um, which would be nice. So what would be your start eleven, Andrew? I'm putting you in the suit in the dugout. Oh, the full name as well. He's the manager, isn't he? He's the gaffer, I've got to. Um, Signore, I think that's all it is, mate, because I'm old. But yeah, no, um, yeah, Ashley Young, Tarkovsky, Bransway, Mikolenko, Anana Garner, James Garner, that is, yeah. uh, Dukes, DCL, Harrison McNeil. Um, that's what I, I'd go with. But I think you make a really good point there about Patterson. I think when he was in the team, Tarkovsky was on the other side. He wasn't uh, at that point because Branthwaite was not playing. Um, so I think you make a really good point. He's going to have Tarkovsky next to him and Harrison in front of him. And Harrison will run all day for you as well. So I think it would because it would just give him that freedom to trust him, to trust himself to you know be able to push forward that little bit. So yeah, um, I think hopefully that will really help him when he gets his next run in the team. But I just don't think it'll be Saturday. No, I don't but, think it, what, I think it might be too close. What about you, Jamie? What what's uh, what would your starting lineup be? Yeah, same as Andy. Yeah, don't change something that's not broken. You know, I can't believe I'm saying that, but we've got an established at eleven for the first time in a while. Um, with a wait, manager. So wait, would you guys keep Denjuma? No, no, no. Oh, sorry. From, from West Ham, uh, unchanged from West Ham. But you would put that's Young younger being. Yeah, yeah. Versus Patterson. Okay, gotcha. Um, I'm Team Patterson. <laughs> well, I think yeah, it's a valid point, and I wouldn't be listen if Patterson was in the team. It wouldn't be disappointing, which is a really good sign again. Where you're like, yeah. oh, well, why is he playing? Uh, obviously, he shall not be named. If he was in the team, you'd go, what the hell is going on? What's going but, on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if Patterson comes in for young, you go, all right, yeah. You just like sort of move on and go, okay, go ahead, go and play. Well, the poor lad's being called like being compared to Lord Voldemort now. Who? <laughs> He who must not be named. Oh, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but listen, it, it, it's a really good position to be in, you know. You know, when you think about it, it really is. Like, how many times have we come on this podcast and you're like, who do we play? And you're trying, we, had to buy, we had to buy Paul Melinda a tactics board at one point because you didn't know who he was going to play where. <laughs> uh, but now she doesn't even need it anymore because it's that settled. Okay. We've got a settled 11 that'll run for Everton Football Club and it's... It's really is it. It's exciting to see. And Andy, you know, you said before, can't wait to get to Goodison. When was the last time you felt like that? Can't wait to yeah, watch Everton players play for Everton. Yeah, that's it as well. Yeah, like I'm always buzzing. You know, it's always good to see your mates, like you, and be a good as a park in that thing. But I've not been looking forward to the football. I can't remember for a long, long time. So yeah, um, yeah, excited for this one, mate. Melinda. Yeah, it's nice to have options to come off the bench, isn't it? Like it's such a refreshing unusual feeling that I'm not used to and I'm like yeah mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind that if that oh I wouldn't mind if, if that was the selection or you know what or if that's the the choices like he's made yeah. it would but the fact that like 
Yeah. I mean, it's funny. It always brings me back to like something I saw on Twitter like a couple years ago. And they're like, make a sub, make a sub. And they're like, who? Who are you going to bring on? Like, so it always makes me laugh. I think I'm like, we're, we, we, we've we evolved. We've evolved. Like, who's, yeah. who would have thought? Not me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, it's just, it really it's really is. nice. Yeah, it really is. You're right. It's spot, you're spot on what you're saying. And long may it may continue, you know, people might look this going, he's talking to going into the Champions League, but we're not. <laughs> We've just been through that much crap in the last few weeks, in the last two seasons. To win two games on the bounce, Seems like heaven, and people. If you don't understand that, then honestly, as the saying goes, you really don't matter. If you can't understand mm-hmm. that we're feeling now, you honestly don't matter. Yeah, like like butching DCL the way that he's playing at the moment. He's he's playing like a proper Everton number nine. He's fit, aggressive. It's really like I'm just I can't wait to watch him play football again. Like Jared Brantwaite sending, you know big strong centre forwards flying and just giving him a little glance as he kind of strolls away with the ball mate can't wait to see it he's just like a brick wall like I'm not even kidding like he just stands there and it's like watching hockey in a way like these players just run into him and he's just like okay thanks for the ball and just like trots off like you know what I mean like it's it's so it's so nice to see like it is. Well, we it, don't, it, we don't really get the hockey reference because we're because because of uh, being being English, but we do have a worldwide listener base, so there will be people who will get that reference, Melinda. No uh, danger. Where am I trying to make believe? Watching people? <laughs> Come on, yeah, yeah. they'll know. They will know. Um, but listen, I don't know if you want to do this. It, I haven't done it for the last couple of pods, so I'm not going to do it purely out of suspicion. Suspicion? Yeah, superstition. Sorry. Um, yeah. Of a prediction. If you want to do one, you can. I'm personally not going to do it because I'll never forgive myself. So, Melinda, it's up to you. Andy, the same. No, guys, I just hope that next time we're all together on this with uh, Paul and, you know, possibly even Jake next week, we're talking about three wins in a row. That's as far as I'm going to go. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I I think I'm going to... Take uh, a leaf out of your book on this one, Jamie. I think for the first time ever on the Paddock Blues podcast, I am not going to do a prediction head or heart. And that's hard for me because I, I always do it and I and I want to do it. But I just think, I, I think, Andy, you put it perfectly. I just hope this time next week, we are all discussing three wins on the bounce. So I'll leave it at that. Leave it at that. And we'll leave it at that. So thanks very much for joining me. And up the toffees. Up the toffees. Up the fucking toffees. Of course. Sports Social Podcast Network.